while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Welcome to the uh, Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And this is episode 10, uh, The Fist of Rebirth. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is our third time trying to record this thing. Uh, we have a cat uh, who we haven't had the last, since the last time we did a podcast who was busily destroying everything we care about yeah. here in the home office. So yeah. we finally had to put him outside. So you may hear some frantic scratching uh, at the door and meowing. Um, that's Amanda. Uh, the cat's <laughs> usually me. pretty quiet. So, but yes, uh, the fist of rebirth, uh, based on a couple things, we have not done one of these things in almost two years. Nope. Um, for a variety of reasons, one of them being, uh, we would always try very hard to record it and then listen to it and then edit it. And I don't know if you've ever listened to the sound of your own goddamn voice for like four hours straight. You'll hate yourself and everything you stand for. So. It's madness-inducing. Yeah, so I'll warn you right now that we're doing this live to tape. We're going to slap the intro on and the outro music and whatever happens over the next however long we do this, uh, that's what happens. Because I am not listening. I'm not listening to this idiot. <laughs> not that we love you guys any less or want any less professional <laughs> of a production, <laughs> but we love our sanity more. Yeah, so With two mics scrounged from a stand-up comedy set and the cheapest mixer that human money can buy. But you have excellent, excellent headphones. Not that they can tell. Well, all right, that's true. But anyway, um, so yeah, the, the whole rebirth thing comes from Operation Rebirth. We just, uh, just came back about an hour or so ago from seeing Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Fabulous uh, movie. Yeah, I think it was the best one since the Avengers. It's not saying a hell of a lot because there's only been a couple. But, yeah, by far and away, better than Thor 2. and uh, Better it, than Iron Man 3, I think, also. Yeah, I thought Iron Man 3 was solid. But, uh, yeah, this one, you know, just, it, it seemed to have, it, it was a more interesting focus. It was far less an actual superhero story. It was a spy story. Uh, yeah, which keyed pretty well into the Ed Brubaker run, which obviously Winter Soldier is based on. Ed Brubaker was scientist number two in this movie. Spoilers! Uh, yeah. Did he die? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I, and then that's the other thing. We're just going to spoil the living shit out of this movie. We're just going to ruin everything. So if you've not seen the Winter Soldier yet uh, and you're worried about spoilers, the, the better podcast will tell you, oh, if you skip to this time code, uh, you'll t skip to the end. Just skip to the end and come back after you've seen it because... Yeah, we're just going to destroy the thing. So, yes. I mean, yeah, and that's the uh, the conventional wisdom has been that uh, the Russo brothers who directed it were going much more for a 1970s Three Days of a Condor. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure that's completely the case because none of those movies had helicarriers crashing into <laughs> massive buildings. No, no, this is true. But Captain America in costume was not a huge part of it except for a couple of uh, action sequences, the beginning and the end. So, so yeah, it, it had much more of a feeling of an espionage movie. Well, you know, like Three Days of the Condor, it also had Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, somebody gave Robert Redford whatever the hell he asked for just to hear him say, Hail Hydra. 
I've seen Robert Redford and Gary Shandling say Hail Hydra. <laughs> yeah, there's a sight I don't think I expected to see before I died. Yeah, what I learned is my bucket list is woefully fucking incomplete because <laughs> I wrote them down and checked them right off. But, um, so yeah, we, we were talking a little bit earlier um, about Black Widow in this. Uh, this is the first time I've seen uh, Black Widow in a movie where I'm like, yeah, okay, they did enough with her. Go ahead and do a Black Widow movie. Yeah. Um, I actually think she was better directed in this and had more to do in a more meaningful way than in The Avengers, where she was directed by Joss Whedon, who's famously known for working well with strong female characters. I think she was shown off to better effect in this movie. Well, in The Avengers, with the exception of that opening sequence and even up to a point with that opening sequence in the warehouse with the the Russian general she was completely defined by her relationship with Hawkeye. Yep. Everything was about, you know, oh, I owe him a debt, which automatically puts her at a secondary position. You know, and in Iron Man 2, you know, her being undercover and you know, working for Tony Stark. This is yeah, it's really the first time where the writers and directors said, no, this is a character in her own right, in no way defined by her relationship with anybody. No, and although they, they kept trying to hint at, oh, are we going to ship Captain America and Black Widow? Thankfully, yeah. no. Yeah, they kind of hinted at that, and yeah, nobody would have. Pull up, pull up, pull yeah, out. Nobody would have needed that noise. <laughs> Seeing that, I kept thinking about the, uh, I think it was Christopher Priest, uh, Captain America and the Falcon miniseries from just before... Avengers disassembled mm. where they had uh, I forget who drew it one of those 90s let's have 14,000 detail lines and give everyone a rack that could Mark Silvestri that could float to fucking Hindenburg <laughs> might have been but, but uh, where he had Captain America fucking the Scarlet Witch it's just like no this is not what's supposed to this is just not working you just want somebody wants to see a big blonde man plowing a Romanian <laughs> Which yeah. is a niche porn you can't no. find on Bing. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thanks. Now I've got that in my head. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, she was worked well as part of the team, but worked independently. It's Yeah, it was about halfway through the movie, and um, it was really the first time, like, yeah, okay. I could totally buy into it. Uh, this Black Widow, I could watch for a whole movie. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I felt the, the same way about the Falcon. I thought uh, Anthony Mackie played him, I think. Yes. And uh, I thought he was fine. I think he was not a completely baked character. He he was in there to be, you know, the the next uh, sidekick. And it, it, this was their way of introducing him, so that when they have the next Captain America movie, when they inevitably go looking for Bucky, which is fine. I just I'm not sure they gave him enough to deal with. The whole you know, he's leading a group of veterans with ptsd and ptsd came up nowhere in his character arc no um yeah and just so willing you know the one line about i don't have to take orders from anybody anymore and he's just so willing to jump right back in please give me orders please Uh, i'm a soldier yeah i mean (laughs) which is i think there was an idea there of okay i don't i'm not in the chain of command anymore i will be partners with captain america that i don't think was completely baked yeah I think they had some good ideas with the character. I enjoyed watching him, but when you do stop to think about it, his he got the shortest shrift of all of the characters. Maria Hill actually got a lot to do, which was nice to see. Well, in a couple of short 
bursts. Yeah, but I mean, in in a way that didn't detract from storylines. It was just sort of like, okay, we have somebody here who was asked to play Deep Shadow and comes out when she's necessary. Yeah. Deus Ex Maria, I guess. Deus Ex Maria. <laughs> sure you don't want that to be the title of the podcast. The Fist of Deus Ex Maria. The Fist of Maria. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> now we're going to get banned from... Why banned. can't we go to Vatican City? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why am I on a no-fly list? <laughs> um... So yeah, I mean, I I think she was uh, effective. Um, you know, the the deep cover spy who was the neighbor. Who I'm not sure they really had any idea what to do with that. Although, well, the only people who knew really what that was supposed to be were people who have read Captain America. I'm Agent Thirteen. Oh, okay, now I know who you are. But you know, Joe Schmo, five seats over from me. I don't know if he did. Yeah, and the reveal at the end of you know her name Sharon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it worked, and it certainly was something that worked in building up the tone of you're being watched. Everything you think is real is not necessarily real. And now I know if they continue to draw on Brubaker's run, she's going to shoot him in the stomach later. Well, that's the other thing. I'm I'm not sure we can really count this as following Brubaker's run. True. Because as much as I liked the Winter Soldier in this, I reread the Winter Soldier arc this week going into the movie just so I could be refreshed on it. And... There just wasn't enough of it there. He was he was a good heavy for the story, yeah. you know, as a physical. This is the guy you have to beat up, and there was certainly enough of the Bucky tragedy in there, and him beginning to figure, you know, figure out who he is. But there just there, there wasn't enough of that core story for me. And clearly, they're going to get to it. Yeah, you know the the big post post credit stinger just showing him reading his own entry at the Smithsonian. You know, they just signed the guy to, what, a nine-picture deal? Yes, Clearly they they're going to come back to him. But, I mean, to call it the Winter Soldier, to have him be the big fight at the end and only just sort of begin to understand he, he might have had a bromance with Captain America. Their relationship was complicated. Yeah, with a, <laughs> a bromance with a big pistoning metal arm <laughs> and just beating him silly. Eating pudding. <laughs> yep, just a couple <laughs> of super soldiers eating pudding. <laughs> Up on a helicarrier. Uh. <laughs> But, I mean, did you have a chance to, to get back to the, the Winter Soldier? No, I, okay. I did not. It's I really thought it was going to be all set. And I'm, I'm not complaining about the movie. Um, certainly, I don't want to just see the comic book that was there. Um, and I like the direction that it went, building up more of the conspiracy within S.H.I.E.L.D. That was really, yeah, frankly, more interesting than the, oh, we just got a rogue Winter Soldier and let's figure out, but I, figure out how to make him better. But I thought all the pieces were in place, because in that arc, you know, he's cured at the end by the Cosmic Cube. We've seen the Tesseract in the last yep. six friggin' Marvel movies. And they so. seem to call back to that, or Loki's weapon in the other one, yeah. in the other post credit stinger. Yeah, and uh, we can talk about that in a bit. I'm not sure what the hell they're going for with that, but... But... Yeah, and it also helped. Last night I rewatched Captain America, so I remembered. Uh, oh yeah, Zola was in this, and so it was nice having just revisited that movie to see. Okay, he's here, and they did something with him. Um, I don't know the far more than the Winter Soldier piece. What I got more of a vibe of was the old Captain America, man without a country, nomad, yeah. and. Uh, you know, U.S. agent stories. 
which they sort of cheated in this with the uniforms. Yeah, the big thing in both of those, you know, big classic arcs was, I'm not Captain America anymore. I don't, you know, believe in what the country's doing. I'm going to get this other costume. And they cheated in this with, he had the uh, The Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. costume to start with, and then civilian clothes for half of it, and then went back to the original Captain America, which I thought was a really good choice, because I got what they were doing with it. And it gave the same kind of, you know, no, I'm not a part of this anymore. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. um, Without having to make any decisions that would force them to change the toy line or come up with a new sculpt with a no- nobody yeah. nobody needs the big lapels of a nomad costume anyway no although i'm I, I i do wonder since one of the outcomes of this movie is the dissolution supposedly of of shield and hydra takes a hit um as part of that since um kind of Snowden style, they leak all of the secrets out onto the, to the internet for both Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. I wonder if they're going in a secret Avengers direction later. That's a possibility. Because, yeah, I mean, I always have sort of taken it by signing Sebastian Stan, who played Winter Soldier for, I, I swear it's a nine-picture deal. Yeah, but I heard nine-picture Either way, it's a shitload of movies. Um, as... Well, just in case Chris Evans decides not to do it anymore, because yeah. you know he he has said he did a, like a an interview in Variety or something the last week, I think, where he said, "Oh, I'm going to retire from movies and maybe go behind the camera or something." He's since recanted on it, but you know, yeah, the idea of a Secret Avengers hardcore Black Ops Shield team, you've got Winter Soldier, you've got Black Widow. That's an easy way to split them off. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about that. Very frequently, Captain America has been part of those sorts of teams. And you've got an Ant-Man movie coming up. Ant-Man has been part of one of the last incarnations of Secret Avengers. God, that's true. Do you you think Marvel Studios can support multiple team movies? Um, Well, I I think they're already trying to, whether they're admitting it or not. You had a team in this movie. Granted, it was fronted by Captain America, but for all intents and purposes, you had... That's true. You know, Captain America, Falcon, Black Widow, and Agent Hill. That was a foursome functioning that took down an entire government agency. That's true. Um, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a team. A, a team. Oh, yeah. Jesus. You know, <laughs> I've only had one beer. I forgot about Rocket Raccoon. You, you've got the Avengers. Um, so you've got at least three teams functioning. I mean, and and technically, even Thor had a Scooby gang in the last two movies. Yeah, but a Scooby gang's not the same. I'll I'll agree with you on this. It was basically, yeah, a super team. It was basically almost the secret Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, everybody disavows your existence. They're working from a classic Fury bunker. Right. So, all right. I I hadn't thought of it going in that direction. I'm smart. I know stuff. I know. (laughs) I I only ever say you don't know what's going on when I run out of beer. I don't know. <laughs> um. So, I mean, I suppose <laughs> that's the other question. It's now Sunday, and on Tuesday, there's going to be another episode of Marvel's Agents of Shield on TV. Well, they say it all ties together, and I'd have to go back and watch the last couple couple of episodes of um, Agents of Shield because I often watch that uh, under the influence of about five fingers of Bomar. But um, 
they they keep saying it's it's all related it's all you know it it's all a part of like the same thing i know sitwell has been in uh agency shield right so i'm wondering if that's where it's tied in or if there was something else in there that i missed because again whiskey yeah it's i feel like that show's beginning to come into its own for a while just the boss of the week bad guy of the week wasn't doing a lot for me yeah but i mean it very clearly tried to tie in last week's episode the Post credits, and I'm doing air quotes here. The sequence <laughs> was, you know, the Nick Fury get off the grid sequence. So they're right. clearly intending you to tie into it. Yep. But well, that's the other. Th- all right. So there's the other thing. If they are all supposed to tie together, if Shield has now been sort of dissolved, where does that leave Coulson and friends? <laughs> the show that's about Shield. Yeah, with a big, expensive, misappropriated plane. And Lola. <laughs> they wander the earth like kung fu, <laughs> just flying to giant fields to meet interesting people and kick their asses. electrocute them. <laughs> yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm not sure I could even speculate because they're they're in the middle of a big storyline there where they're looking for the clairvoyant, and yep. we certainly got nothing about the clairvoyant in this movie. Nope. So uh, I'm. I'm not sure. I'm certainly not going to sit down and podcast on a Tuesday night about <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but... Oh, you say that now. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that's another interesting question. Has that been renewed? Does anybody know the fate of that show? I don't think that anybody has, has made a determination one way or the other. If only we had devices that were connected to the, the internet, internet and yeah. could actually do something for us, but... Uh, uh, <clears throat> but. I, I, I think that they've had some ratings issues. Um, but well, nobody's flat out canceled them yet, so. Well, and I don't think ABC has enough hits to really flat out say it's not going to happen, but. Let's see. So. Um, ooh, film reveals, film reveal retools TV's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tool. <laughs> so that's a USA Today. It's USA Today. Pulling up as we speak. Um, says that Phil Phil Coulson's about to have a very bad day. Um, Well, nothing that we didn't just discuss. S.H.I.E.L.D. has been infiltrated by HYDRA. So, yeah, I guess this becomes, if the thing that we were left um, dealing with last week was potentially uh, Agent May has been some sort of sleeper agent or or other, um, how many people on Coulson's team might possibly have been Infiltrated, I guess. Oh, God. Do you think they could actually do that with a TV show? Just Chuck Regular saying, Nope, Hydra. <laughs> you were Hydra. You're Hydra, and you're Hydra, and you're Hydra. Hydra. No, I just wanted a race. <laughs> now you're Hydra, you're out. <laughs> Hydra for everybody. <laughs> no, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to, to wait and see, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Well, they're bringing in uh, Amy Acker. We know that. And Adrian Pazdar is going to be Glenn Talbot. I wonder if that means we're going to get some sort of Gamma storyline at some point. It would be nice because they were saying from the beginning of that that there was uh, the Hulk was the big tease of, oh, we'll have the Hulk. And they've certainly done nothing with that so far. Yeah. So, I don't know. Find out that Hydra is somehow related to this clairvoyant thing most likely. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is next. Yep. They don't have to touch the S.H.I.E.L.D. mess at all. Nope. And the next Marvel movie, 
Yeah, is Avengers 2 next May, unless I'm missing one. Well, that sounds right to me. Um, I, I found it interesting that the, the helicarriers that they were um, going to unveil in this movie were using repulsor technology um, by presumably Tony Stark. So the only glaring plot hole for me in, in Winter Soldier was it would have made sense for Tony to have a kill switch for his own technology. They probably could have ended this movie about a half hour sooner by somebody calling Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, they they could have. Uh, I'll play devil's advocate on that one. And uh, they said that he made some suggestions on their existing technology once they saw it. So uh, I think they made it clear it wasn't straight, you know. Yeah, hey, that's true. Hey, Tony, send us some repulsors. <laughs> you know, if you can get your dick out of Gwyneth Paltrow for long enough to... <sighs> Uh, I got problems, Captain. Too many visuals this evening. Thanks for all of those. Thanks. <laughs> but then, I, and it will further be interesting because I know Samuel Jackson also uh, around Iron Man two signed a massive. I think he had a seven picture deal. Yep. So they got to do something with him because what Iron Man two Avengers this uh, was he in uh, Thor the Dark World. I don't think he was. I was trying to keep the cat from destroying everything we own for a large <laughs> part of while that was on. So. Yeah, I remember. All right, so either way, he's got shit to do. Yep. So, you know, his whole... And I, I just want to stop and complain for a little minute. Yes. We were in a pretty... Please take a minute. <laughs> we were in a pretty full theater today, and I was the only goddamn one who laughed when his, you know, Nick Headstone. Fury's tombstone showed up. As a Generation <laughs> X movie fan, that makes me sick and angry about humanity. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I'll but just I, spoil it. I, I had to go whisper to a, a, Amanda who missed it. I blinked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blinked. It's, I blinked! It said Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, the path of the righteous man, Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen. For Christ's sake, that's beautiful. It, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh, God. The cat's going to start clawing the door down any minute now. He is an unhappy camper. Well. Um, no, I thought that was nice. I, I thought um, Scarlett Johansson's War Games reference earlier when they were in the uh, the bunker they found that had the computerized Emil Zola. Um, that was nice. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and his little list of movies and things that people recommend. Movies and songs. Yeah, I mean, the, the two things I want to do when the Blu-ray comes out are pause that, because I caught a few of them. Well, he had, like, Star Wars slash Trek, and he had a line through Star Wars like he'd got that one. Yeah, Nirvana, <laughs> uh, alternative rock. I guarantee there was some really important shit missing from that list. Yeah. The yeah. Internet porn. <laughs> the fleshlights. I, I don't see Captain America being down with the fleshlight. <laughs> What, g growing up in the 50s with mom and dad in a one-room Brooklyn apartment? Believe me, he'd be down with a flashlight. He would think it, he'd be looking for where it said Stark Tech on the side. It's so fucking magic. More visuals. Yeah, we've gone far Thanks. afield here. Thanks. So, I guess uh, the other thing is uh, the two stingers. Yes. Um... You know, the first one gave us Baron von Strucker yep. uh, working with... I have no idea how they're going to work this in the Age of Ultron, but working with, yeah, Loki's spear, 
and uh, the reveal of what they call the twins, which are clearly Quicksilver and Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So, yeah, we get our first look at at those two. Such as it is, Quicksilver is not going to do a hell of a lot in a six by six cell. Now, but not yet, anyway. <laughs> but uh, what else did he, he had the spear and there was something else on the goddamn workbench? I can't remember what it was. Uh, thought that was the big thing. I was. I mean, yeah, all right. So that was the big thing, but. I don't know how you feed that into Age of Ultron, which I really have gotten the sense for no reason at all, just based on some leaked set pictures or whatever, that, yeah, it was going in a completely different direction than where it left off with, you know, just the AI and... Well, where did the uh, Cosmic Cube slash Tesseract end up by the end of, of Avengers? Go back to Asgard? It went back to Asgard, yeah. Well, I guess the larger question then is, given that at the end of Thor, uh, the Dark World, it's implied that Loki is still alive and masquerading as um, Odin, why is his spear on Earth? Well, somebody must have recovered it, because he didn't... Thor did not take the spear back with him and Loki to Asgard at the end of Avengers. That's a good point. But I'm just wondering how the fuck you tie that into Age of Ultron. And well, I mean, you, you could tie it in insofar as the the spear seemed to have some sort of relationship with the Tesseract per Avengers, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I suppose. It just it it seems like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. It's yep, this is a story about Ultron. It's something really different. But here's all this other stuff. Well, unless they're using technology sourced from the Cosmic Cube or Asgardian tech in order to take Ultron to the next level. Yeah, but that doesn't really tie well with an Ultron story. The the key to an Ultron story, even if Hank Pym is not going to be a part of this one, is it was the creator's hubris to create an artificial intelligence that was greater than humanity's and almost leads to its downfall. It's a very simple Frankenstein story. Oh, I, I don't I don't disagree, but in terms of the engine that powers the droid, I could see Pym or somebody basing it off of As- Asgardian tech left behind. Oh, well, I suppose. Because, you know, if only as as a a way to tie the movies together if they're looking for some sort of thread. Yeah. This is why we got to find a way to get callers into this show <laughs> yeah have somebody throw their stupid ideas at so we can figure out oh that makes sense or uh, i'd like to know when they're bringing back the hulk buster armor uh that was alluded to in iron man 3 oh that's a, that's already been teased <laughs> that, that was teased in the uh marvel U- universe special when there was an off week yeah. of marvel agents of shield <laughs> so we know hulk buster armor is coming back yes yes we do and i have half a chub waiting for that that's gonna be awesome <laughs> And visual number four. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, Hulkbuster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Irish. Nobody's ever called it Hulkbuster. It's barely even Pants Buster. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I've gone too far. I've gone too far. So yeah, um, Loki Spear, um, Baron von Strucker, yeah, twins, um, and then the other one. The other one, which uh, our contributor. Trebuchet went public saying that's the weakest one I've ever sat through an entire credit sequence. And I can understand. I, too, had to take a leak waiting to see what came up. But I think that serves a 
purpose, because uh, like I said a little earlier, this is not really the Winter Soldier's story. There no. was enough of it there to give him some pathos and allow him to be around to be the big physical bad that had to be dealt with. Yeah, nobody has to mind wipe him anymore, so now he gets to start putting back the pieces of his broken life. Yeah, but I mean, this guy, Marvel has made such a commitment to him. You need a little something extra to show. Yes, he's still around, and yes, he's beginning to be in a point where he's can be redeemed or is redeeming himself. Right. Because, well, he started to redeem himself by saving Steve Rogers at the end. Uh, yeah, and, and that was a beginning, but, you know, and then he went off into the sunset. But you also need to show people, considering the stingers and the post credit sequences have always been, here is what is potentially in the future for a Marvel movie. It makes a big statement to show him in any capacity yep. to remind the audience, we're going to see this guy again. He's going to have, you know, a clearly a major part of what's coming up yeah no i agree i i i mean it's it's all well and good to have something like at the end of avengers where it's like oh shawarma but you know that that didn't tie into any of the other movies it was <laughs> yeah I, i'm the only person in history i think that was stupid and i didn't care <laughs> i get what they were going for oh they're all just busted well, no just it was a nice in joke together. for whedon because i guess nicholas brendan i made some joke about shawarma back in the day on buffy so that was him getting to play that out as a hey guys and and that's fine and i get it and i know a lot of people really liked it and thought it was you know oh it just shows them just you know completely busted out and they they're they're just co-workers having a meal together i just i didn't care that's the one i walked out and i'm like uh that was useless you give me thanos and then dudes have a freaking sandwich just a bunch of superheroes sitting around eating eating shawarma shawarma. (laughs) (laughs) then they go into space (laughs) once a year they have adventures (laughs) dirty adventures uh so overall, I I thought that uh, Winter Soldier was very enjoyable. I would watch it again. I would pay money to go see it in a theater again just so I could watch the stuff I missed the first time around. Yeah, like that goddamn headstone. I swear to God, if nobody else laughs with me, <laughs> I means cinema is you. fucking dead. But <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I want to see it again. I really want to see the next part of the Winter Soldier story because and I don't want to beat a dead horse on this. It, there were lots of pieces that were left out of Brubaker's run that really helped make Bucky make sense. Yeah. Because the explanation here you know, was just, you know, uh, oh, uh, Zola had him and experimented on him, and that's why he's brainwiped. You know, he's brainwiped because reasons. And As opposed to, like, the, the 50,000 watts of electricity they ran through his brain when they were giving him the the bell jar treatment okay, there and, and it showed <laughs> in it, the chair and it showed it continued but you know the red star on his shoulder doesn't make sense unless he was right. a soviet winter soldier uh, yeah, which they and, alluded and to at the end that they, they when briefly black widow had him speaking russian very briefly yeah and black widow said I, I pulled some strings in kiev to get the file yeah um so at least there was enough there at the end to go okay i i get what was happening there but yeah yeah i'd like to see more of what what really happened within the 50 years beyond, oh, he was a ghost, he did assassinations. and So, it, yeah, I want more of that guy's story, even though the Winter Soldier comic, you know, that was the one Brubaker put together a killer first issue with spies and ended with a monkey with a machine gun, which 
You just want a monkey with a machine gun. Just I, admit it. I do, but that didn't work for me, and I'm the only guy in history <laughs> who has read comics for 30 years and doesn't automatically say, ooh, monkey, good. <laughs> but but still, I I liked it when Bucky was Captain America yeah. in the comic. I thought he did a th- – that was a great run. They obviously had to bring Steve Rogers back because – Captain America the First Avenger was coming out. Yep. Same way Peter Parker's coming back as Spider-Man 2's coming out. I'm shocked. Yeah, well, there's nobody who didn't call either one of those, but right. it doesn't mean that arc wasn't a killer story. So, yeah, I want to see. I want more Bucky. More Bucky. More Bucky, more better. Yeah, if only to fill out the story so some of the stuff they kind of had to gloss over in this made sense. And we may see it in other other versions of the story or other places down the line. If they're fleshing him out for a, a run of movies for his own his own character, don't mind me just smoking. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, it, I I definitely enjoyed it a lot. That I do think it was yeah, it's the best one of the last three. So now, okay, this one down. I'm really looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm a big James Gunn fan. Yeah. Yeah, th- that trailer with the sense of humor it had. No. And that one, if the stinger is not fucking Nova, there will be blood in the streets. It'll make nobody laughing at the tombstone seem like a mild insult. They'll be fighting words. Well, I, I caught one thing during Winter Soldier that you didn't catch because I had to nudge you. And they opened up Alexander Pierce's refrigerator, Robert Redford's character, a big old jar of Paul Newman's uh, spaghetti sauce sitting right there on, on the top shelf. That's true. That That was a nice touch that I did miss. It, honestly, a dude opens a refrigerator in a movie, unless there's a fucking head in it. I don't care. You never know what you're going to find. <laughs> no, true. Jar but... full of fingers. You don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, there there were a couple. Oh, and uh, Danny Pooties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah, the, the Russo brothers. Abed uh, from Community makes yeah. a little cameo. Yeah, they were uh, directed a few episodes of Community. So just you know, as fans of that show to see him pop up just for a second. More or less playing the character he played on Community. <laughs> just about, yeah. So Unless that's just him and he just plays himself everywhere. I don't know. I don't know the actor well enough to know. He does not return my phone call, so. <laughs> you, you talk about the fist of Maria. Nobody returns your phone calls. <laughs> it takes a very special person <laughs> to hear the fist of Maria and not just hang up or come back with a weird countersign like it is a spy. The fist of Maria, yes, but I always carry an umbrella. Maria, Maria, I've just been fisted by Maria. Oh, Jesus, I'd have had one f- more fun playing Rip in West Side Story. I'd have really lobbied to be Tony. <laughs> My high school musical production. I don't think they show that one. I don't think they would show that one. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. I would have fond memories. And everybody else would have been scarred for life. Yeah, pretty much. So in summary, unless there's anything else you'd like to explore with this. Uh, nothing I can think of, and yeah, this podcast was kind of all over the place, and not the longest one, but yeah, again, we're we're rusty. Sober. I'm sober. We're rusty. We're sober, but yeah. figured we'd, like Amanda said, knock the cobwebs off and see about, see how well we could do one of these things, provided I don't have to sit here and listen to myself. Yes. Which is part of why we stop, man. I'm so sick of the sound of my own voice. Only when you have to listen to it after the fact. That is true. So, all right. So, yeah, I, I guess that'll wrap it up. That's a nice, short, lunchtime listen podcast of yeah. uh, 
You're welcome, you guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to do this again uh, more quickly, and as we get a little little more comfortable with it again, hopefully they'll be a little more focused. But, yes. But either way, uh, so I guess we'll stick a pin in... Uh, Thank you for joining us. Yes, on uh, the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast, episode 10. Operation Fist of <laughs> Maria Operation Rebirth. Fist of Maria's <laughs> Rebirth. Fisting the rebirth into America. <laughs> Let's fist again. <laughs> Let's fist again the way we did last summer. Uh, <laughs> why stop now? It's almost spring. So, so thank you for joining us yes, here. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And